the kids are back in school. So how do you stay healthy this fall? Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about how you can keep yourself well so that you can fully enjoy the upcoming fall season. And we'd like to acknowledge the companies that support our program. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower off than even the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. Dr. Forrest, uh, people often have questions after one of our shows. I'd like more information uh, about the topic for that day or uh, like more information about your practice in Apex. Where can they find that? After the show, you can listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com, not only of this week's show, but you can go back and listen to archive show from the previous year. And we will provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. If you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can call 363 363- 0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. Or go to acchealth.com. And if listeners have general non-emergent medical questions they'd like us to answer on the show, on one of our mailbag shows, they can go to our website or they can send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. So, Dr. Forrest, it's that time of the year. The kids are back in school, and that means fall is here. But that's also cold season, flu season right around the corner. What can listeners do to keep themselves healthy as we head out of summertime and into autumn? Well, it is one of my favorite times of the year. I enjoy the cooler nights uh, and the lower humidity. However, it's also that time of year when a lot of people get sick. If you do catch some type of infection or end up in the hospital, it can really get in the way of enjoying the season. So during this time of year, there are actually some unusual circumstances that actually make you more likely to get sick. And we're going to discuss some of those and ways you can do your best to stay healthy. So, Dr. Forrest, what are the main reasons that people seem to be more likely to get sick this time of year? I know this is usually the time of year that I get sick, and that's really bad for me because I always seem to lose my voice, which is kind of a bad thing when you work in radio. <laughs> can oh, be. Why, why is that? Well, you know, as we head into fall, the humidity gets lower. And, uh, you know, people have, have said for years and there's been, you know, sort of myths for years that, you know, when you're cold, you're more likely to get a cold. Well, the truth is that when the humidity is low, that actually makes conditions more favorable for things like flu viruses to survive longer. So when the temperature in your nasal passages is lower, it actually does tend to make it more optimal for cold viruses. And also this time of year, you know, the kids have been out of school. They're going back to school. They're starting to get around other kids and teachers and that kind of thing. So when people are gathering, you often bring exposures from a lot of different areas. So, for example, if you've got one person, one cold virus, and it's going around in a town and in another area, the flu might be peaking. But if you get those two people together and you're exposing both groups to both infections and you get 10 people in a room, you might be exposing all 10 of those people to the infections that are going around in everybody neighborhood. So, you know, although most adults have developed some immunity to many of those viruses, there are hundreds of different types. And as your exposure increases, your chance of getting one of those you're not immune to goes up. 
And lastly, you know, people change their habits uh, this time of year. They do things like celebratory eating. Uh, you know, certainly uh, all that Halloween candy does not get given out. A lot of it gets eaten, you know, at the house it was supposed to be given out from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people tend to eat higher fat, higher salt meals in larger quantities, especially as we head towards Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, you know, so people's, people change some of their habits, and that tends to make people more likely to get sick. Staying healthy as the season changes and the days get cooler. That's our topic today on Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. So, Dr. Forrest, it's also the time of year when some people's allergies really get fired up as well. Isn't that right? You're right about that. You know, I love the moderate temperatures. Uh, Often the temperature outside by midday is about the same as we keep the inside of our houses with our air conditioners or our heat. However, the price we pay for that is the dreaded allergy symptoms that start to pop up. And, you know, during the fall, ragweed and then also all the leaf litter that starts to accumulate can really start to get people's allergies flaring. And there are other allergies that come from things that are inside the house. So as people start moving from outside to inside and they're staying more inside the house, they're more exposed to allergens like dust mites, pets, mold, insects. Um, And those are usually, again, worse because people are indoors more. All right. It's time for the Access Health Tip of the Week. You know, a lot of times when people get colds and flu, they will seek out medical care. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times their expectation is that, you know, all they need is an antibiotic. Uh, and some people think that antibiotics boost their immune system. Uh, but the truth is they work much like sort of a insect poison, you know, does for killing insects. I often will tell patients that if you sprayed weed killer on a bug, you would just get a wet bug. And in the same way, if you spray bug poison on a weed, you just get a wet weed. So antibiotics actually kill specific types of germs and uh, can kill bacteria, not viruses. So, you know, colds and flu are viral and antibiotics, typical antibiotics do not work for either. So, you know, you have to be careful about pressuring your doctor into giving you an antibiotic because you could be doing yourself more harm than than good uh, because it can make that antibiotic not as effective for you later if you actually need it for a bacterial infection. And it also can give you side effects like yeast infections and rashes and things like that. So, you know, always ask your physician if the infection you have is actually bacteria and if you actually need an antibiotic or not. Dr. Forrest, I've heard that before, that if you get an antibiotic that you really don't need, uh, it can actually make you sick. But after the break, we'll be discussing things that you can do to prevent getting sick and also how to take care of yourself if you do. With Dr. Brian Forrest, I'm Mike Davis. This is Access Health Radio. With board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, I'm Mike Davis. This is Access Health Radio. How to stay healthy this fall. That's our topic today. Dr. Forrest, what are some of the things people can do? We've talked about things they can do uh, when they get sick, but what about uh, how to prevent getting sick in the first place? First, and you know, this is not going to be a surprise to anybody, wash your hands. Uh, hand washing is the most effective way to prevent the spread of diseases, especially colds. Anytime you touch your face with your hands and you haven't washed them, you can expose yourself to germs on your hands. I don't want to make people paranoid, but, you know, every time you touch a doorknob, a keyboard, a desk, a phone, etc., that's been touched by someone else, you've picked up germs from that surface. And some viruses can live on doorknobs and phones for hours. 
This is one reason that grocery cart handles now are, are frequently being disinfected with those wipes. So if the person that has a grocery cart before you had been sneezing and then touched the cart, those virus particles could be all over the handles. And if you touch that handle and then those germs are on your hands and you make contact with your own face for some reason, let's say your eye itches or your ear itches and you start scratching your face, you're basically bringing those germs up to your face. And if you do that before you get your hands washed, you will have transmitted those germs onto you. Now, it's okay to actually get as many germs as you want to on your hands as long as you wash them before you touch anything. So, you know, your hands are waterproof. Uh, they kind of, in a way, have their own gloves on them. So, you know, if you get germs on the outside of your hands, typically that's not the problem. The problem is when we touch other areas of our bodies, especially our face and mucous membranes, before we've gotten those germs off. So don't touch your face, no matter how bad it itches, uh, until you've had a chance to wash your hands or use a hand sterilizer. Okay, that sounds like uh, good advice. But uh, now you mentioned about uh, wiping down the handles on grocery carts and things like that. That reminds me, what about those hand sterilizer gels? Do those things actually work? And uh, what about antibacterial soap? Is that good? Well, there's sort of a difference between the two. So uh, research on the hand sanitizers show that they actually do help a lot. However, they differ wild, wildly in their potency. So the ones that are alcohol-based typically are the most effective, um, but they only kill the germs if the hands are thoroughly covered in that and then allowed to dry. And hand washing also works well if people will spend at least 15 seconds and use warm, soapy water and rub all the surfaces of their hands. However, some people just, you know, squirt on the soap, rinse off the soap, and that really does very, very little at all. And the problem with antibacterial soap is twofold. First, most consumer-available soap does not kill viruses at all. So you may be washing your hands with antibacterial soap. You can still get the flu and the cold because those are viruses and those antibacterial soaps don't kill that. And it doesn't eliminate all the bacteria either. It just cuts down on the number of those. And if you use that type of soap all of the time, it can lead to resistance where you might actually get a bacteria on your hand that no longer gets killed by the active ingredient in that hand soap. So, Dr. Forrest, what about all of the sneezing and coughing? You mentioned that while you get together, uh, together with a group of people and somebody's got a cold. How can we protect ourselves from things like that? Well, that mostly depends on the person who is sick being considerate and trying to avoid spreading those germs. So, you know, the most effective method has been shown to, uh, if you're coughing or sneezing, to actually do that directly into your elbow. Uh, this prevents the sick person from having lots of germs on their hands, uh, which they touch all kinds of surfaces with. So most people also do not open doors with their elbows. So, you know, if you sneeze into your elbow, it's generally not a surface that's going to come in contact with a lot of other things. You know, one of the interesting things is that sneezes can actually travel over six feet and come out at around 100 miles an hour. So if someone's sneezing or coughing, then staying outside of that six-foot radius will help. I have to admit, when I'm in a room with somebody that sneezes or coughs, I will often turn my head away and even hold my breath for up to 10 seconds out of being cautious because, you know, I don't like to catch things if I can avoid it. All right. Well, if it's good enough for the doctor, it's good enough for me. That's what I'm <laughs> going to do from now on, too. With board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, I'm Mike Davis. This is Access Health Radio. Autumn Healthy, that's what we're talking about today. How do people know if they have, let's say, allergy symptoms maybe it's just an allergy uh instead of a cold or a virus infection how can we tell the difference between colds and allergies 
Well, you know, this is one of the most common problems with allergies. They get diagnosed as something else. Uh, for example, I often have heard patients say that they've just gotten their twice-per-year sinus infection. Well, typically, you don't get an inf- infection on a schedule. So often people really get bad allergic uh, reactions and allergic rhinitis, which gives many of them the exact same symptoms as sinus infections or colds, and they'll happen on a schedule. They'll happen whenever those allergies peak for them twice a year. And then often they get improper treatment, like they get put on antibiotics or cold remedies when really what they need uh, and what's causing their misery is uh, those allergies. So some of the key ways to know if it's more likely allergies than colds. First, do they seem to be related to spring or fall pollen cycles? You know, if we're going into fall and and all of a sudden during that season every year you sort of seem to get the same thing, uh, you know, it may be that it's allergies. It sounds obvious, but, you know, in the last few weeks I've heard lots of people talking about, you know, things that are going around and like their entire family might have something. Well, often it's just that their entire family has some allergies. You know, it may be affecting all of them. So if it happens during a classic season, then it might be allergies. Also, you know, colds almost never last over a week. So if you think you have a cold and it keeps hanging on and hanging on, it won't go away, it's more likely that it's actually from allergies. Uh, another key one, and this is one I, I really think is useful because it also helps you know what's happening with the people around you, is if people sneeze more than once at a time, it's probably allergies. Um, you know, if somebody's got a lot of runny nose and their nose is just running and their eyes are itchy, that's probably allergies. Um, if people have symptoms on both sides of their face, you know, like pain or pressure on both sides, that makes it more likely to be allergies, especially if it lasts longer than three days. And fever is less likely with allergies, although low-grade fevers are possible with allergies. But, you know, the one about the sneeze I really like. So I tell people all the time, you know, uh, when people sneeze in singlets, just one sneeze, you know, watch out. Stay away because they may have a cold and be contagious. But if you see somebody having a sneezing fit or a sneezing spell where they sneeze at least twice, you can be confident that is much more likely to be allergies and they're probably not contagious. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll I'll keep that one in mind. Thanks. So we've been talking about uh, what to do, how to tell the difference between allergies and cold. What do you do if you actually do get sick? We'll talk about that after the break. And our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week is coming up with Dr. Brian Forrest. This is Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Staying healthy this fall is what we're talking about. So what can we do for a cold or a flu if we actually do end up catching something, Doc? First, stay at home. Uh, you don't want to expose other people and get your whole family or group of friends sick. Uh, that can really be a gift that keeps on giving, and you don't want to. Uh, second, use over-the-counter remedies sparingly and target specific symptoms rather than taking a bunch of over-the-counter products that could actually make you feel worse. And, you know, for example, what works for aches and fever are things like acetaminophen and ibuprofen and naproxen. Those will also help with body aches and fever. Um, and if you take acetaminophen as directed, it's the safest option. But you do have to be really careful with acetaminophen. You don't take too much because it is one of the easiest medications to overdose on. And the NSAID drugs like ibuprofen and naproxen are very effective, but they can cause some gastrointestinal irritation and bleeding. And they also can increase the risk of some kidney problems or heart attacks if you take too much or if you take it too long. So, you know, if the fever is under 101, then that doesn't need to be treated in most people. 
Uh, chicken soup can actually be helpful for multiple reasons, so give this a try. Uh, nasal irrigation with things like neti pots are very helpful for congestion, and cool mist humidifiers can also reduce the longevity of flu viruses uh, on surfaces and ease uh, breathing. Uh, over-the-counter cough remedies haven't really been shown to be that effective, and some of them can have significant side effects like increases in heart rate, uh, you know, affecting uh, some neurologic symptoms like nausea. So be careful with those. Antihistamines work well for allergies, but not so well with viral infections. And the older ones like diphenhydramine can make you very sleepy and suppress your nervous system. It's one reason they can help people sleep, but you don't want to mix that with other drugs that might be sedating. Uh, the other f- kind of thing you can use are decongestants and over the counter nasal sprays like oxymetazolazine are very effective. That's like generic Afrin. They work within 10 minutes, but this is very, very important. None of those should ever be used for over three days. And it says that on almost every bottle, but people don't listen to that. And if you use it for over three days, it can actually result in worse congestion. Uh, oral decongestants can help. They're not quite as effective as the sprays and they can have a stimulant effect that can affect sleep and blood pressure and even make some people anxious. Uh, The question I often get is, what would you take over the counter? Well, if I had a cold with cough and congestion, I would use uh, the decongestant nasal spray for three days. I'd take probably a spoonful of honey up to three times a day, which has been shown to suppress cough. I would take uh, acetaminophen about every five hours, and I would eat chicken soup and drink lots of fluids. Those are really the safest things that are proven to work. And I think your mother would be proud. That, that's an excellent, excellent uh, thing to do. Okay, Dr. Forrest, so what about allergies? What are the best ways to treat those? Well, first, for most people, nasal, nasal steroids are going to be the most effective. They're roughly twice as effective as the antihistamines. Second, the antihistamine pills do help, but they work best when they're started before symptoms. Uh, you know, some of the generic versions like the Ratadine or generic Zyrtec are fine. Um, try to go for the non-sedating ones. And then third, and those require prescriptions, are things that block the allergy cycle like Montelukast. They can be really helpful, and they're as a preventative. Uh, eye drops can be very helpful, especially chromalin or patinol. And there's also some nasal antihistamines like Astolin or patinol as well. And if, you know, the main problem you're having is running, you can use sprays like Ipratropium, but those will usually require a prescription. And the cheapest way to get some relief is nasal irrigation, where you're literally washing allergens and mucus out of your nasal passages and sinuses with something like a neti pot or some type of saline nasal wash. Just make sure you're using clean, sterile solution. Uh, You could just boil plain water and cool it before use, but you don't want to use potentially dirty water to irrigate with. All right. Thanks, Doc. Time for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. According to Consumer Reports, Americans spent $5.8 billion last year for over-the-counter remedies to treat cold and cough symptoms. Rest, lots of fluids, and patience for your body to heal can go a long way. Finally, what are some key points you want people to take away uh, about how to stay healthy this fall? So wash your hands, use hand sanitizer often, and every time before you touch your face. Uh, If you do get sick, uh, don't use multi-symptom products. Uh, Use very specific products for your symptoms. And if you do take a prescription medicine or have high blood pressure, you should always check with your physician before using over-the-counter products to make sure they'll be safe together. Lots of great information today, but that is all the time we have for today, Doc. 
Thank you. And our scripture this week is especially meaningful during this upcoming harvest season. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. Psalm 3119. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show. And we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.